I said a little word of prayer. I said a prayer there, and I asked the Lord to help me and to bestow the presence of his Holy Spirit upon me that the words that I say today will bring honor and glory to his name and will allow us to understand who this Jesus truly is. Because many times we have gone through our lives, sometimes being Christians, and we truly do not understand, I believe, who Jesus Christ truly is. Because we have put many things in front of us that shields us from this face called Jesus Christ. I ask you to open your Bibles to John eleven thirty five. And if you never open your Bible, and because you say it takes so long, well, we're going to read something today that you can go to and say, whoa, I can read this every day and it won't take much of my time. Is everybody there? What does it say, congregation? Jesus wept. So if you have a hard time reading the Bible, go to John eleven thirty five every day and read that small little word that says, Jesus wept. We can all sympathize with the statement that all of us have wept at one time or another. We weep when we lose a loved one, and we've had many incidents today in this last few months where we have wept for a loved one. We weep when a child leaves home. Parents cry when their children get married. It should be a time of joy and happiness, but we weep for our children when they get married. We cry for almost anything that brings us pain and suffering and separation. But this is our Savior that we're talking about. This is our Lord Jesus Christ. What would compel Jesus to weep. He is the king. He has control over everything. There is no reason for him to cry. He is our savior. He is our Lord. And yet Jesus weeps. We're going to look at why Jesus Christ wept. It was a time that Lazarus, his beloved friend, the brother of Mary and Martha was gravely ill. Mary, the, Mary was the woman who had poured her perfume upon G, the feet of Jesus and then wiped his feet with her hair because she truly loved him. The sisters loved Jesus so much that they believed that he was the Savior and that he would do great miracles. So they went to him. Lord, the one that you love is sick. Come quickly. So Jesus sent word back saying, This sickness will not end in death. That's very reassuring to us when someone says that to us, isn't it? For it is for God's glory so that God's Son can be glorified through it. Stay away is not the exact words that we want to hear when someone is gravely ill and we have someone that can take care of the problem. 
and tells us, don't worry. Don't worry. Jesus, at the same time, tells his disciples, Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I'm going there to wake him up. The disciples are completely confused. They don't understand. So our Lord has to talk in blunt talk and tells them, Lazarus is dead. A short time later, Jesus arrives and finds the sisters. Lazarus at this time has been asleep for four days. Lots of Jews have come to comfort the sisters. Martha sees Jesus and with tears in her eyes, Sarah tells the Lord, If only you had been here, my brother would be alive. Jesus tells Martha, Your brother will rise again. Martha answers, I know that he will rise again at the resurrection. But that resurrection is so far away. Lord, if you had come, you could have taken care of the problem now. But all she saw was that she was never going to see her brother again until the resurrection, which was so far away. Jesus tells her, as she looks at her eyes and sees the tears flowing down, tells her, I am the resurrection and the life. Because of her pain and suffering, she doesn't see that. She doesn't see that the resurrection and the life is standing next to her. The resurrection that can bring life at that precise moment. All she sees is death, sorrow, suffering, and tears. A short time later... Mary comes and looks at the face of Jesus and with great sorrow also tells him the same thing. Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would still be alive. When Jesus looked at the face of this woman and saw her weeping along with the Jews who were deeply moved in spirit and trouble and asked, Where have you laid him? Christ asked her. Come and see, Lord, they replied. At that precise moment, Jesus wept. We have to ask ourselves, and as I search through the Bible, through the books, why did Jesus weep? Why do you think that Jesus Our Lord and Savior wept at that precise moment. Do you think that he wept for Lazarus? Because Lazarus was beloved by Jesus. Had a tremendous relationship with Jesus. This was a good man that loved the Lord. Or do you think that he wept for the sisters? 
Or do you think that he wept because he saw all the Jews weeping for Lazarus? The reason our Lord wept was because death was at hand. All sorrowed because of death. And that's what death does. It brings us sorrow. brings tears. It brings pain. Yet the Savior of the world, the resurrection, was standing next to them. And all that they saw was death. Death was at their hand. Sickness was there. Pain and suffering was there. And all they could focus on was their particular dilemma. Never turning to the right to see that the resurrection, the life giver, the one that brings you peace and happiness was standing right next to them. And I ask you, many times, are we put into situations where we look so much at the suffering, the pain, and all the dilemmas that come into our lives, and we value and we put so much emphasis on those things that we lose track that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is only a hand away. But I'll tell you why Jesus wept. Jesus didn't weep for Lazarus. Jesus didn't weep for the sisters. He wept because he saw Jerusalem compassed by the Roman legion. He knew that many now weeping at that precise moment were going to lose their lives. And that death was over going to take them. And they would have no hope because they did not see the resurrection standing right next to them. For you see, when death prevails and the resurrection is not at hand, there is no hope. It was only because of the scene before him that Jesus wept. The weight and the grief of the ages was upon him. At that time he saw the transgressions of God's law. He saw that in the history of the world, beginning with the death of Abel, the conflict between good and evil had been unceasing. Looking over the years of time, he saw the suffering and sorrow. He saw the tears, the death that were to be the lot of men. Jesus wept, not for Lazarus, but for you and I. He longed to relieve us of all this pain and suffering. You see, the precise moment when Jesus wept, He wasn't weeping for those in front of him. He was weeping for you and I because he saw down the road the hundreds and thousands of even millions of souls that were going to go to death without the hope. Again, Jesus wept not for Lazarus, but for you and me. And as I said, he longs to relieve all our distresses. We get so caught up in the dilemmas of our lives that we lose sight of the life giver, the resurrection. Who has the keys to life and death? 
but our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So at that precise moment, with a voice of authority, he calls the men to tell them, move the stone away. And when even with a mightier voice, he says, Lazarus, come forth. All around the tomb are all thinking that he's been dead for four days. The corruption of the body has begun to do its work. Martha, in her human nature, says, no, no. She was unwilling that decomposed body of her brother should be brought forth to view. You see, the human heart is slow to understand God's words. And Martha's faith had not grasped the true meaning of his promise. Because our Lord and Savior had told her. Jesus tells Martha, Didn't I tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? You have my word. How many times does our Lord tell us, trust in me and you will have the joy and the happiness irregardless of the circumstances that happen in your life. When things are going good, we don't think too much about that. When things are going bad, we think of our Lord. But he is there for us in the good. And in the bad. And we have to understand that. It says at that moment the stone was removed. There lies Lazarus in his rocky grave. Cold and silent and dead. This is what death does. It puts our loved ones into a situation where they are cold without life. There is no more meaning to life at that moment. All stand to see what will happen. Christ takes a closer step to the tomb. He lifts his eyes to heaven and thanks his heavenly father. There is a stir in the tomb and he who was dead stands at the door. Wrapped in grave clothes. And our Lord says, loosen him and let him go. Lazarus comes forth. And here is the miracle of what our Lord and Savior can do. Not one emaciated with a form of disease and with feeble, tottering limbs, but a man in the prime of life, in the vigor of a noble manhood. His eyes beam with intelligence and with love for his Savior. He cast himself at the feet of Jesus Christ. Where are we who are alive and have the opportunity to cast our feet, ourselves at the feet of Jesus Christ? What prevents us? The title says Jesus weeps. Is Jesus Christ weeping for me and for you on a daily basis? Because he sees where we're going, where we're headed? Or are the tears of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ ones that sees 
there is a righteous child. There is the person going in the right direction. For you see, tears can come forth because of sadness or because of joy. And moving away from that just a minute, I had a, list, I had a time to listen to Raul Rojas give a sermon the other night. And as I listened to him, because it was 11.45 at night, I was tired, gone through a lot this week with my mother. So someone asked me, my wife asked me, are you ready to do this thing, this Sabbath? Because you see, my mother suffered a massive stroke on Wednesday night. I was at peace with my mother. It, it really didn't bother me. It bothered me to see my mother in the condition. It bothered to see my brothers and sisters, how they suffered. But you see, my mother, being 90 years old, even in her feisty ways, is the child of God. Do I lose sight of who the resurrection is? I try not to. And as I listened to Raul Rojas give the sermon, I could not get away. It was 12.15. I was exhausted. But I could not get away from the message that he was bringing. Because he was talking about the man that was possessed. And the man that was hiding in the cave, he lived by himself. He had no one. He was by himself. And that's how we find ourselves many times in our lives. We find our, by our, ourselves all alone at times. And as the possessed man came running out, Christ had compassion on the man. The resurrection was there standing in front of him. The resurrection told him, come out of him. And all the man was possessed by hundreds and hundreds of demons. And they had to go somewhere. And as Raul Rojas says, and as the power of God ascended upon the man, all that is evil, all that is not right, has to be removed. And all those demons went into the swines, 2,000 of them. And he says, as they went into the swine and the swines got crazy and they went over the cliff and they went into the water, the owners of the pigs, all they did was cry that they had lost money because each pig that was killed meant money. And Raul summarized by saying, everyone was focused on the swines running over the cliff, going to their death. And all of the men losing money. And yet, no one turned to the right to say, there is the resurrection who has fixed this man that had been possessed probably all his life. 
More focus is done on the material things of life. More things are done in the everyday things and we lose sight of the resurrection. I went to bed at about one something. But you know what? Blessed that I listened to the man what he was saying. Because many times I put other things in front of my Lord and Savior. The resurrection. Pain will come. But pain is temporary for those that live in Jesus Christ. Christ wept. I hope not for you and not for me. Because in us he saw that at the end of the road, his tears were going to be of joy that he has you and I in his kingdom. Let us look at this time and give thanks to the Father for the gift of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who came to die for you, Desiree, for Bob, for Big Dog, for my children that are here today. He came to die for each and every one of us. Let us not lose focus on the fact that the resurrection is standing directly next to us. Let us focus on that every day, every moment of our lives, so that when our Lord comes, we will have no qualms as to what is going to happen to us because we, you and I, are going to be with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, forever. Thank you. Thank you, our Lord. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for the sacrifice that you made for me. Thank you, dear Lord, for the sacrifice that you made for each and every one of my members, the members of this church, and all the, throughout the generations, the people that have come to know Jesus Christ. But I leave you again with this thought. Are the things in front of you, the things that Christ wants you to have, or are we out of focus and not looking to our right to see the resurrection standing next to us? My prayer is that we will always be focused to the right where the life giver and the resurrection are. Amen.